1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: What's happening, everybody? Here we are once again at Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily right here on Wrestle 2. Of course, it is... Friday Night Insight, and after a two-day sabbatical out of the chair, Louis dangor of the Oli Authority, I am informed I should address him as. Uh, he joins us once again in lieu of SB3 and Steph Chase, who did tremendous jobs, as usual, this week. Louis, new man, new blazer. Ill-fitting, maybe. How are you getting on? It's not
2: ill-fitting. It's
0: a lovely blazer. Exactly. Can't promise... I
2: promise isn't the one I wore to my uh, year thirteen like end of year ball prom whatever you call it. Wow. Um,
0: yeah, I know. Although but, although I say that that's probably what like five four years ago for you. Four so years
2: ago. It. Hey, it was twenty eighteen.
0: What? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget. I forget how long school goes now. I left school at sixteen. Done. Cheers. It was like uh, just over two years ago. So yeah. Um, but
2: I'm I'm good. I've had a busy few days, as many people will know. I, I joined the Oli Authority. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to taking down uh, Luke Owen at Survivor Series along with uh, the Oli Authority.
0: Well, Luke Owen doesn't have a team yet, so um, he needs to oh, get cracking. Exactly. Crack in. um,
2: Has he uh, – listen, and you can
0: tell me. Has he been in, been in touch or not? I would not reveal it if he had, Luke. We would be on opposing sides here. But uh, as of right now, I'm a free agent, so let's 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 worry. I'll let I'll let Ollie know. <laughs> um, anyway, let's talk about some of the big news that we've got going on uh, in the world of wrestling today, because there is a fair amount circulating after a relatively quiet week so first of all let's talk about what's in the title Lou because Undertaker as we know I certainly know has been doing media this week and um, some of the stuff that he did in America I read an article in the New York Times uh, and he did mention a bit of this on his call as well it seems like he's got an idea of what he'd like to do with WWE in the next 15 years Lou
2: yeah well as we know Undertaker's under contract until 20 uh, 2034 So he's got some time on his hands to be doing some uh, work with the company. And he said to the rap, you know, that's the pickle I'm in right now. It's trying to figure out what lane I want to take. I've been on the road for so long and that doesn't really appeal to me, traveling and doing all that. He then went on to say, I love to teach. Trip and I, Triple H and I have had many conversations about me working with the talent there in NXT in Orlando at the Performance Center. And I really enjoy that. And we're trying to figure out how it works. Could I have to come, to come in and go out? I live in Texas, so I'm not sure of that moving forward. So... Seems like Undertaker is interested in potentially doing some, uh, I guess, behind-the-scenes coaching roles with uh, with the talent down in NXT. And I mean, for any performance center prospect or someone that might have WWE and another offer on the table, if you told me, listen, yeah, your trainers will be Shawn Michaels, Uh, you'll be working closely with Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and uh, The Undertaker, I'd be like, uh, uh, okay, okay. I'll go, I'll go to that one, please. But no, yeah. this, this is very exciting for The Undertaker until he obviously returns in Saudi Arabia next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I don't believe that he's had his last match. But nonetheless, um, it's funny because Shawn Michaels said exactly the same thing when they were like, he used to go down there and do a couple of shots at the performance centre. And he was like, oh, you know, but I really enjoy my own schedule these days. And I, Kevin Nash actually said to me, Um, I saw him, uh, uh, where did I see him? Double or Nothing. He was there doing, what's the weekend that they have there? Uh, StarCast. StarCast, there you go. Um, He was there doing that. So I I did like a little interview with him. And he was saying that's what prevents him from doing anything with any company, really, is that he wants to spend his own time. And Undertaker will probably have that adjustment period too. um, But I think once the bug gets into him, There he'll be. He'll be in Orlando doing his thing or on the road with WWE, probably even, you know, it depends because he's been doing bits at the Performance Center anyway. remember Braun Strowman said that one of the first people he saw in WWE when he joined was the Undertaker at the Performance Center, which, you know, imagine that, by the way. Um, Before we move forward here, the Yankee power says, hey, Lewis betrayed Alex. I mean, a little bit. A little bit Yankee power. I thought I knew him. I thought I knew him better than that. Sean says, here is Salty Louie and Alex. Uh, I'm not Salty. I'm not Salty. I am not i, I do not know, man. You, you were heavy in the comments yesterday when Steph was on here. You could not leave well alone. Uh, oh, hang on. Chris Duncan says, Alex should join Team Luke. Hashtag get rowdy. Yes, please. Um, Listen. We we'll have, we'll have to see what plays out. Louis, look at Louis. He's quaking in his boots at uh, the, the idea of being across anything from myself. I can see it in his eyes right now. I mean, Ooh, I've already beaten was... you. I've already beaten you at Mania, So don't worry about that, mate. I, 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 Eighty-eight. Like, what I got uh, the other day would have given um, Tempest a run for his money. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, I got 80, I think I got eighty-five, and he got eighty-seven. I think. So come on. Like that was just an extremely—that means, that means just, I would have won. It doesn't. It's just uh It was just a high, an extremely high level that night. It was. It really was. It, really it was, thin, was thin margins. Louis Stash is looking like John Waters. Says Uptown Avondale. I mean, it, it, if you ask me, it's getting thicker by the day, Lou.
2: Well, I mean, I'd hope so because I, I'm growing it. But uh, I'm gonna shave this bit, and then uh, listen. Enough with Brendan. these. Brendan no.
0: for coffee for jam that champion. Listen, I saw the handover the other day. I don't know if anyone's seen that video where um Mr. Davis, I was about to call him by his Christian name then, no, I stopped, I Mr. stopped myself. Mr. Davis. Uh, Mr. Davis um dropped off the title in an Uber and it was uh, it was really really fun watching. I'd, so I'd love to have have been there for that conversation with the Uber. Anyway, You know all about that stuff, guys. What we want to tell you is about this show, Wrestling Daily. And you know we get stuck into the news and tell you what's what in the world of professional wrestling. But, of course, one other staple of this show is that we love to interact with all of you guys. Please get your Super Chats in. Again, it's been the absolute staple of the show for the past couple of weeks. Um, Yesterday, in fact, was our most active day with Super Chats. uh, And it's just great to get all of your takes and opinions so please feel free to shoot them over to us. Whatever the amount is, we will read them out. Um, and as of next week, Lou, the people need to know that we're going to be moving the super chats mm-hmm. to, to uh, there's a stream lab, uh, stream. stream yard, stream, stream labs, labs.
2: So, labs. Labs. so um, basically, it will. I think everyone has has heard this. It's basically moving over on the. Uh, on the raw uh review will be the first one uh the moderating team will take you through it all super chats will be turned off but it's very simple it's no extra sort of uh it's not not very hard there'll be a link and you just go and donate there instead of on youtube but we'll read them out the same way we will uh we will collect them in the same way it's basically just youtube takes 30% of the cut so um obviously we don't want your money going to youtube instead of instead of to us which we, we do honestly appreciate which is obviously a great way to support us and what we do here at wrestle talk wrestling uh, wrestling daily wrestle to everywhere so yeah it won't be, it won't be a particularly uh, sort of rigorous and a tough journey to uh, to deal with so no need for anyone to worry
0: uh lou do you need a little pick me up on this friday Depends. There you go. Dion says oh, yeah. Louis Stash is cool. There you I thought,
2: go. I thought you were about to call me uh, something beginning with "ch" and ending
0: with "av." Well, I mean, you don't need me to do that. MJF has already um, beaten me to it. Uh, he's got a, he's got a bit of a hard on for you at the moment. Uh, mm. MJF. He's in fact, he's got a bit of a hard on for UK. Media in general, I see him go after Matthew of Botchomania today as well. Yeah. Um, no, uh, let's put it up. Let's put it up. So th- this is
2: what. So I put this out at um, once the ratings came out because I was a bit surprised they were a bit low. So I was like, "Hey, was there any competition?" And then Sean Rossap goes, "Yes." And anyone saying no is obtuse. And I said, "What was it?" And then MJF responds, because only the biggest presidential election in the history of the United States of America, you chav." So, uh, firstly, what a ridiculous question from me
0: as a political science. I, I, I was about to say, really, like
2: as a political you know, science. I, I, I,
0: student, I thought you were actually joking, and then yeah, as a political science student, I was like, what a
2: stupid question! What an honestly stupid question, uh, for me to ask. So, um, but is I didn't know "chav" was an American word.
0: I, I said this right. I tweeted out saying, them um, I, I screenshoted that exact picture." And I said, I'm so surprised MJF came in with the uh, the chav shout. I didn't even know Americans knew that was a thing. And the great irony about that is that MJF wears a hell of a lot of uh, Burberry, which in the UK is kind of a chavvy thing to do these mm. days. Do you remember when like Burberry was amazing in the UK? And because of that, it got old like so quick. And then everyone was just like, oh, you chav. Mm. Um, I, think, I think I was uh, about six when Burberry was a I think I think I was still in school. So that tells you how long ago that was. But anyway, the guy is bringing it back. Uh, before we move into other news, our good friend of the show, here's a good egg if I've ever seen one. Lou is George Amin, and he says, "Hot take: Great Balls of Fire was a great pay per view. Um, what year? This year? 2017. I mean, there's there's a cut. Is there any one year of it? 2017." I mean, I, I, I've got to say that's a that's a wide left take to go three right. years back and go, right. hey, uh, hey, I like this pay per view.
2: I, I really like it. I, I I I I don't disagree with him. So main evented by Brock and Samoa Joe, you had that Braun Strowman Roman Reigns match with
0: the ambulance.
2: Listen, before Roman before
0: was... I've just looked up the card, all I actually remembered off the top of my head was the Lesnar and Joe, um, oh, and, no. and 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 Strowman and Reigns. I remember that being the ambulance match, but other than that, yeah, I'm the looking Hardy's, at, I'm... Hardy's the bar. I mean that yeah, that's a great match. I didn't know that was at that pay per view. But then, like Cass and Enzo, Wyatt and Rollins,
2: and the bar at the bar and the Hardies was the was the Iron Man match.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'm looking at the yeah. 30 minute one, but um, yeah. Oh, yeah, the full free one. Um, Heath and Slater, Heath Slater and Kurt Hawkins, the co main.
2: <laughs> so that was going on. I can't remember what happened. I think they were having a match, and then it cut backstage to like a um to like a, a Roman Reigns interview or something. And the match ended during that, but they didn't show the match. They were just around the backstage segment. So you hear the bell. And I think uh, Hawkins, or which one was it? Who won? Was it Heath? Yeah, Heath won. And he put on Twitter, like, oh, I won with a uh, top rope Canadian destroyer through six tables. But none of <laughs> you will ever get to see it or something hilarious like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that they had um, Pac, then known as Neville, opened the show with Tazawa as well. So, yeah, can't argue. It looks like there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, it's the thing. Like in that era, like White and Rollins going 12 minutes, and it's just entirely forgettable. Like White had loads of pay per views like that. That better, better, better than Hell 2019. I'll tell you that for free. I mean, that's a given. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great. It's a great given. Um, let's pivot back because i see there's a lot of you in the comments wondering what a chav is essentially a chav is like someone who you know you, this is the way you're dressed right it's like cheap knockoff clothes um like it's typically like someone's like wearing like i i don't have
2: anything wrong with this because i'm currently wearing uh nike tracksuit bottoms so if someone's wearing like a full nike tracksuit bottom or like a full adidas tracksuit bottom you probably go yeah, oh, i wouldn't but one might Say
0: mm. you are a bit of a chav, yeah. You know, like we're talking like fake uh, designer brands, too, stuff like that. That's where the Burberry connotation comes in. So, um, it's not really like you know a huge degradation of someone, but it's just basically what they're wearing, okay. And that you're probably lower class is what they're saying. Um, so yeah, I mean, is it, ha- oh, saying that, yeah, oh, Louis just said he's got Nike joggers and a blazer on, so maybe. MJF was onto something. I don't know. Move on. Ne- next 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 question. What do you mean, question? I'm not here to interview you.
2: Go on. Just move on. We're not talking about me being a chav
0: anymore. <laughs> anymore. Um, I did want to talk about Sasha Banks today because um she's been giving an interview. This week to our very own Steph Chase of Digital Spy, and it was really good that she had a lot to say about the feud with Bailey and the match inside Helena in Cell, and even the idea that they might get to WrestleMania. Um, so I thought it was very interesting what Banks had to say on that, which we will elaborate on shortly. But I would like to talk about the ratings, Louie, because she considering this time, and I feel like this is fitting after what we just talked about and Louis's comments to MJF. SmackDown still popped a very good rating last week. And um, Sasha Banks, he seems to be the main, well, and Bailey seem to be primarily responsible. Yeah. So um,
2: there was, I believe, the most-watched wrestling segment of the year was the Sasha Banks and Bailey title match from last week, 2.4 million on SmackDown, which uh, is the most-watched wrestling segment, not only of SmackDown of the year, but because SmackDown is the most-watched wrestling segment, uh in the u.s definitely of the week it's the most watched segment that we've seen all year so uh, kudos to those two and that is not the first one the second most watched segment is uh sasha banks and bailey i believe when bailey turned on sasha so Mm. i mean for anyone that's saying that and i know often the excuse that some people give AEW's women's division is, oh but the women don't draw as well as the men well if you build women up properly like WWE have done with Sasha Banks and Bailey, They can draw, and they can outdraw the men from time to time. So massive hats off to those two. It is more than deserved. Their story has been fantastic. They were the real MVPs of the COVID era for me on the SmackDown side, sort of uh, MVP and Drew McIntyre were doing some great stuff over on Raw. But on the SmackDown side, they were really killing it, doing some great stuff. So I'm very happy for both. And uh, the praise when Sasha says, listen, uh, they can do it as well as the guys. In terms of the ratings, they are. If if you talk about now, who would I say is the biggest draw that WWE have currently got based on the numbers? Sasha Banks. Yeah.
0: And you have to look at it and say, you know, AEW, they they look at their numbers in a very similar way where they consider Orange Cassidy a very strong draw because he draws very well in the segments and the the parts of the show that they put him in. So if you're looking at it by the same metric, Sasha Banks is the strongest card that WWE have got right now. And... I do believe that she was also a part of the highest rated segment that NXT's had this year um, when NXT defeated Fighter Fest in the ratings um, with the Great American Bash, I want to say. And I believe it was Shirai and Banks. So, you know, I remember Banks taking credit for it at that time and obviously Jericho firing back, as he always does. But that's no mean feat. That shows wherever Banks goes, the viewers follow which is a palpable yeah. indicator of how powerful she has become in her position. Um, and I've I said... Mean, I his, it... this week. The Mandalorian episode that she was in
2: came out today. So she is obviously starting to get sort of a bit of traction, not only from those within WWE, but potentially outside. Where do you think we could get to a point in two, three years time where Sasha Banks turns into not a John Cena, but starts potentially taking a couple months here a couple months there to work on external projects because if she's big enough draw you have to think that people like um, sort of film stars and actors won't be looking to sort of bring her into their projects
0: no I don't think so um I think she loves wrestling way too much to leave anytime soon um she did you know this is staggering she's like 28 she like you'd think she's been around for ages right but She's literally not even 30 yet, hasn't even hit her prime. So I believe she's 28 anyway, or it might be even younger than that. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty indicative of of what she's accomplished thus far. And I feel like, and this was the hot take I was about to drop, right? I actually feel that Sasha Banks has the propensity to be an even bigger star than Becky Lynch was. I honestly think that. And when you look at... I think it's very delicate, though, in how you do it and how you present it, because, you know, well, Becky has set an amazing bar that would be incredible for anyone to reach. But Becky was at her red hottest when she had the... She had that kind of edge to her. She had, she wasn't like a straight baby face. She was full of attitude and cocky, and, but could back it up. And I feel like if you did that with the boss character, you know, not just this pure baby face. If you had her, like, laying down the law... Um, you know, you still act like a babyface, but, you know, cut people down and be scathing and know that you're the boss, know your worth, know that you are the top star. I honestly think Banks could be an even, you know, could be a huge, huge star. She already is. But I, mean, I honestly feel like she could be uh, that mainstream star that WWE covers so much. And you mean
2: that, that character you're talking about, I think that'd be fantastic for a feud with Bianca Belair, who is very similar in that vein. That sort of like is, is sort of, even when she is a baby face, which I presume she is now, I mean, it's not hundred percent clear, but she's definitely she not acting like a heel. She's doing those sort of one-liners, batting people off, coming off like a, like a badass character, which I think would work very well for Sasha. And I think that is, if we don't get Bailey and Banks at WrestleMania that's the match I want at Mania. I want Bianca to win the Rumble and to face Sasha at Mania. I think there's a lot of potential in that. So, yeah, I think that it's definitely – and obviously being delicate in the way that I say this as well, I think it's definitely nice to see a person of colour at the at, do, doing so well in the ratings, proving that, I guess, that there is like a – there's nothing to prove, but I guess showing that regardless of – gender, race, ethnicity, ethnicity, if anyone's booked properly, they can draw well.
0: I think that the work, I said this yesterday on the show, speaking to Steph Chase, I think the work always tells all. Like, you you know, that's the way in a Vince Man world where he loves six foot six guys and whatever, plus... Daniel Bryan's and CM Punk's have been able to thrive because their work was undeniable and the crowd gravitates to the same for Sasha Banks. You cannot deny yeah. the body of work that's there. She is perhaps the owner of three of maybe the top five women matches ever in WWE history. You could make yep. that case, right? Yep, that's no, that's no mean feat to have, you know, three of the top five ever. That's mad. So, um, you know, and, and of course that's debatable, but the point is that her body of work is there and I I think with the characters there, the looks there, she's the personality, the you know, the, the more fan base that she's got now, like you and I know, on Twitter, she's maybe, and I know Twitter's a very small portion of the actual world and fan base, but she's perhaps the most supported superstar, like alongside Roman Reigns. You don't want to say a negative
2: comment about Sasha Banks on Twitter because not if
0: you not if you can help it, no. You will be. And I mean
2: not that there is anything anything negative to say, but you will often get a lot of Sasha stands, as they're called jumping <laughs> on you, and you know what to be fair, if she has earned that uh respect from fans, which she more than has, then fair play to her she she's doing fantastic work, it's clearly connecting on a level that uh is very impressive, so fair play to her, fair play, and you know what we I know we're talking about Sasha banks a lot in this vein, but Bailey has been involved in both of these segments that have drawn very well as well. And I guess has been involved in the majority of Sasha Vance segment just by virtue of the fact they were a tag team and since then have been feuding. So, uh, kudos to Bailey as well, because she, I think has been, a. if you told me that one of my favorite things about WWE would be a heel Bailey character, I'd probably call you insane. I would have said eh, during her time in NXT, she was one of the only people that shouldn't turn heel. And I guess that was sort of, uh, not by design, but, uh, WWE were potentially forced into that because her babyface character wasn't handled very well. But I'm really impressed with what she's doing at the moment. I think she could have a fantastic run. Uh, she has had a fantastic run and could continue to do so. Uh, maybe mixing in with Bailey. I'd like a three way between Bailey Banks and Bianca. I think that could be cool. There's a lot of options for those three, I guess, spearheading the SmackDown women's roster and having those three women to do so. I can't think of many uh, sort of three women I'd. Uh, sort of think could be better obviously forgetting Asuka and Shayna Beza and people like that who are doing great work on Raw.
0: and Charlotte will be back don't forget she will be back um as I initially recorded. I thought she, I, I thought she was back at uh SummerSlam that's,
2: that's, that's what some reports were suggesting not not here they weren't <laughs> not, <laughs> not here they weren't
0: not, not on this show um, I, I
2: remember talking to you about that and you said to me listen I've heard I trust the guy that's told me we'll be fine and listen we're here we're a month removed from SummerSlam I was, still, I was still
0: nervous the week of SummerSlam. Like cool. I, remember, of course, I, remember, yeah. I remember speaking to you. Like I'd, so I'd, I'd had a quote from a source that said, 0% chance Charlotte Flair will be at SummerSlam. And I, and then they actually said, and this is quite a comment at the time, because Charlotte Flair had been like constant on TV. And it was like, um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was like, she's going to take the rest of the year off unless like some great creative comes along and she'll come back Royal Rumble season. And I ran it. And um I do believe the only person who actually kind of concurred my report was Ryan Satin. And I remember Meltzer and, and um Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson, they both said, Oh, uh, you know, she's gonna be they're looking to bring her back for SummerSlam. And I knew they weren't because her her surgery, elective surgery, that's what I'll say, um, was it was like two or three like three weeks before SummerSlam, which is impossible. She was never gonna wrestle there. Yeah um so yeah I'm glad that I've improved right um I mean it's
2: never nice to see anyone off TV but when when she wasn't back for SummerSlam I did have a little bit of like
0: a yes go on go on Alex yeah one small victory (laughs) over here for the Wrestling Daily but yeah I can't wait for her to come back man and like you said I I feel like Raw could do with her Um, I actually think and I might be unpopular opinion I think she should take
2: the title off Asuka and I think uh, Rhea Ripley should win the Rumble and uh, beat beat uh, Charlotte Flair for the title at WrestleMania.
0: Well, I hope there is some kind of yeah. You could, I mean, do you even need the title to do that though? You could just have a grudge I match. I think it's poetic. It's kind of yeah, poetic. It would be the Rumble takes the title off her, um, uh, although yeah. you'd hate it in the short term, like a lot of fans would hate it, obviously I Charlotte winning been. again, I but would've. it would it would be the right kind of heat, and then Rhea would you'd really want Rhea to take it off her, so it
2: would do the and job. It, it's right for the Raw Women's title because, listen, I love Asuka. I am one of Asuka's biggest proponents, but she isn't being booked well, and I think it would take someone like Charlotte Flair being on the, uh, being champion because we know WWE. If Charlotte Flair's champion, they are going to care slightly more and give her better storylines, better segments, give her more of a focus on the show. Um, so I think that it would be it would perhaps potentially be the best thing for the Raw Women's Championship. To have Charlotte Flair uh, hold it and for, for a few months potentially, sort of winning it in January, maybe winning it at the Rumble pay per view and then holding it for a few months. I really don't think that would be the worst thing to do. Or Shayna Baszler wins it. That's the yeah. other
0: option. Listen, I've said long time ago that the story writes itself. Shayna Baszler and Oscar, to the two greatest NXT women's champion, the two most dominant NXT women's champion. In history, it writes itself. You fake you make them face each other. You know this whole. They had the little thing at the elimination chamber, but I don't really count. They they obviously were meant to meet on Raw, and then WWE were like, "Oh, hang on a minute! Like, we're, are we really going to give this away?" And they pulled it at the last minute. It has to be Shana and Oscar for me. It has to be, um and I hope the story is going that way where Shana one day gets tired of Nia Jax or whatever. I don't know what they're doing with that, but. I hope it just ends up with Shayna in that top spot because then there's a multitude of options from there. And um, you know, I, I, w- I would have shot. You know, I'd be happy to watch Charlotte come back and face Shayna. Like we have, a, that's a fresh matchup. Um, there's a lot of different stuff that you could do. So, man, I, I, I for me personally, I want Sonya Deville to win the Royal Rumble. Uh, someone asked me this on the show the other day. I hope Sonya comes back. I just feel like she'll get a massive pop because knowing what we know now and the work that she was doing before she went. So it has to be Sonia for me, Um, and I'm assuming she will be back.
2: And I don't want to put words into your mouth, but I presume, obviously, like myself, you're thinking, obviously, if she's happy to come back, ready to come back, obviously, what happened to her before she went away was incredibly traumatic with, I mean, we've covered it. But obviously, if she is happy to come back, if she isn't, I don't think it's sort of the instance where, like a Daniel Bryan, when we're like, oh, no, he should have won. I don't think people would be too sort of bothered if she doesn't win because, obviously... Take her time with that stuff whenever she's ready to come back. She and, and I think she was proving it with killer promos, killer segments. Everything she was doing on SmackDown in that Manly Rose feud was fantastic. Uh,
0: so I think when she does come back, hopefully she'll be right at the top of the card. And and not only that, the, the work she was doing in the ring, she's actually one of my favorites, Sonya. I think she's hella underrated. Like I remember watching her and Lacey Evans beat the crap out of each other, like stiff as, as stiff as a horse, as somebody might say. Mm-hmm. Um on the think- on- on the, o- down.
2: the only issue is with um, for Sonia, she debuted around sort of the November December time, 2017, and a few months after Ronda Rousey came in, and I think Sonya would have been great with that sort of MMA gimmick, but you can't do that when you've got Ronda Rousey debuting a couple of months later. Like it wouldn't have worked because with all due respect to Sonya, you put Ronda and Sonya in a in, in a in a octagon together, and uh, I don't think Sonya lasts. Five minutes, five minutes, five seconds, probably. I think Ronda and I later. So I don't
0: think that... Did, gimmick- you, what- uh, did you catch her last two fights by chance? Yes. I. Th- you're telling me you still wouldn't back Ronda? Yeah, I would. But like, don't make out as if she'd eat her alive in five seconds.
2: I don't know. I think... Uh, I don't know. I think the caliber... I, I Listen who knows maybe we'll see it one day probably not but i, I think my my point is basically you, and i think she's a bigger name in terms of mma i think so, you are
0: right that like ronda would have marginalized her. the one point i want to make on that is kind of what you said about sasha actually it, and uh, we've said all of the amazing things about sonya but also it would be a great you know pr thing for wwe2 to push someone like her obviously who's openly lesbian in at front and center and as she has wanted to do Tell the stories that she wants to, to to tell, like let her portray that openly and expressively, or 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 not as she wants. I mean, mm-hmm. know, she's spoken about that before, so I think that'd be a great role model in that position. Yeah. And now is the time because people have warmed to her and you know come to appreciate her so much more. So it's right there. It is right there. But- yeah, and I mean the the
2: only thing with that is obviously. I don't, in terms of you, when you said obviously PR, and I 100% get what you mean, and I do agree. And I think why
0: Jinder like, Mahal was purely PR. Like, the, the, Let's not say WWE won't do it because they won't.
2: No, they will. But I mean, okay, and with all due respect to Jinder as well, he probably wasn't WWE champion material. So, not probably, wasn't. Sonia is, so it's not like it's just a PR move.
0: No, it's, she, that would be a bonus, is what I'm saying.
2: She is, she is more than worthy of that top spot. I and I, I mean, I, 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 she, I'm huge on her. I think she's fantastic. So I, I think the, the Royal Women's Division and the WWE Women's Division as a whole is really in a good place. And I know people sometimes say, "Oh, WWE Women, this." You can't complain. Do they? I think so. I think it's more like, oh, like oh, the Lana stuff. They're like, oh, what's that? It's typical WWE wins. But I, I don't see it. I think that WWE women are treated fantastically. Uh, Listen, they
0: there's, but, room for every, there's room for everything on a show, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. Um, to put a bow on that, see that pun there? Oh, I like Did that. you see that pun? Bow like Hill, oh, one of the, my favorite good eggs. How you doing, brother? Thank you for joining us Friday night. Insight. Hot take. WWE should have used the opportunity when Cena joined the Nexus to turn him heel. I will give you some opening thoughts before I chuck it over to Louis. Um, Cena has already said that he would have turned heel during the rock feud. And uh, he actually had music. He had costume. He had it all made up. At the last minute, WWE got cold feet and it was changed. And I think, there is a t- there are almost ten times where you could have said God you could have turned Cena here and it would have been huge business just because it is Cena. The main thing what missed from the Nexus angle was Wade Barrett becoming a world champion. That is, I, That's I, the, I, I thought the main thing. Summerslam. It, no, I mean, come on, it is. But the, we're talking about missed opportunities in terms of direction here, not not in, not in terms of like a match or who should have won a match. Wade Barrett should have been the champion. Yeah, yeah 100%, 100%. In, in 2011, he was red hot. The angle was red hot, and they fumbled it, in my opinion, because yeah. they weren't prepared to put him over Cena. If anyone else was champion at that time, they might have pulled the trigger, but because it was Cena, they didn't want to. I felt, you know, and then and, and uh, I think Jericho and Edge have talked about this on a podcast before, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. But when they did like the seven man, or, and this might be another one on Raw. And Cena actually said, like, you know, they were like, we need to put these guys over. And Cena was like, no, no, no. And he, he said about the finish that he that wanted to go SummerSlam over them. SummerSlam. He wanted to go over them with the finish. And then when he got backstage and the crowd obviously were like, what the hell was that? Cena was like, you guys were right. I should have listened to you. As if he didn't already know that. But there you go.
2: Let, let me say one thing. So SummerSlam was my first pay-per-view. That SummerSlam, my first pay-per-view as a wrestling fan. The video package made it seem like the Nexus with this massive... And I've watched it back since, with this group that had been disgusting heels and had been infiltrating WWE for months. And that's what I came into seeing the a like, couple of weeks before so I remember watching it the summer when I'd broken up from school. And uh, I, I remember, at the time, being really happy that Cena beat Nexus. Because I was like, yeah, the good guys won and has beaten the bad guys. Like, good for him. So in the sense that WWE... And according, this obviously reports Vince or whoever... Said we need to send like the kids home happy. I was a kid watching at the time and I was happy watching that, so I do understand. But as an adult, and uh, uh, as a (laughs) teenager, like three months ago, now technically an adult, um. I understand that was a shocking booking decision. I agree with what you're saying that that they should have been champion, like Wade should have been champion, and I 100% agree. But for me, this all fell apart at SummerSlam. They should have won the match. They should have won the match. Like right? it just set them all up. It, 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 it just wasn't. Oh, I, 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 honestly thinking about it, it, it was. It for me, it was worse than Hell in a Cell 2019. A worse booking decision to have Ooh. John Cena beat the Nexus. Ooh, I
0: that's another can of worms, Lou. I don't know about that, but I mean, you, you, to be fair, it's the same ballpark. I won't, I won't begrudge you that. I will say for true, who heat here, who says Holly Holmes is not Sony Deville. No, of course, and and she's not an, Amanda Nunes either. Um, that's not the point. I'm saying she would last longer than five seconds. Is the point? She still is a trained martial artist. I'm not saying she's going to beat Ronda Rousey. Damn it! Come on now. Um, yes. Yeah, so I
2: mean, that's what you told me off screen. You said. I think you even said that. I texted. I just texted you. Yeah. Yeah, you said Sonia would beat uh, Ronda Rousey in three minutes.
0: I think you yeah. just it with a hands tied behind her back. And then she'd polish off uh, Conor McGregor after that and drop uh, John Jones. Yes, mm. I did say that. Um, you, told, you told me she'd get in a boxing uh, ring <laughs> and uh, knock out Flo Mayweather. <laughs> nah, she, she, is, she is trained and had fights though. So like, let's not yeah. um, diminish her accomplishments. Although Ronda Rousey, of course, man, you know. She, uh she at, the, at, at her apex was unbelievable. Unfortunately, I, 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 I still feel sorry for it, it ended the way it ended. But I'm glad that it didn't matter too much to her credibility in WWE because she still came in and everyone's just like, "Well, it's like
2: Ronda mean, yeah, I,
0: So my dad doesn't watch UFC, but if I said to dad, "Name me one, uh,
2: one women UFC fighter throughout history," he would say Ronda Rousey. So I mean, in terms of when I what I meant with her, like Ronda coming into WWE in that aspect. Uh, she, I think, she had the name value of being the most well recognized in terms of the mainstream audience female UFC star at that time.
0: Yeah, no, she was. Um, and you like when she actually stepped in with The Rock at Mania, uh, when that angle first happened, that is because she hadn't lost at that point. That's when everyone was like, Oh man, like Ronda Rousey, imagine that. Um, there's a few good points in the comments here that I just want to pick up on. Um, but they're coming in so fast that I've kind of missed a few. They're they're talking about women and whatnot. Somebody said, it's uh, Dion says, it's burying seven men versus tripping over the hottest character in 2019 in reference to Louis' uh, point, which that is exactly what it is. But the seven men, I mean, I'm not saying that they all deserve to be buried. And I don't know if they were flat out buried because a lot of them went on to win titles in WWE. So you can't say that. Um, It set them up for failure in my view well they could have been booked better sure as the angle but what I'm saying is it's not a total burial because they went no. on to have no. have different uh, they went on to have prosperous careers in in different ways yeah um but yeah I don't know when it comes to I, I, I think the no, the notion of, of what went wrong in the hell in the cell. Like all the things that come along with what NSL is meant to be and the characters they had in there is what makes that so terrible. This is really just a straight up who should have won and who should have lost.
2: Can can we agree? They were both catastrophically bad. Yes. It is. It is like choosing the lesser of two evils. They were both awful. Let's put it that way. And I know you mentioned earlier with the chat going quickly. So obviously we get on our screen, the super chats in a bold color. So we won't miss them. So if people do want to get them in and, uh, let us know their thoughts, like we've seen from
0: Bo Hill and George Yamin, regular super Indeed. champions. Uh, oh, and then get and, them in. Hang on. Jay J Keen has also said, oh, to me, Alex is wrong to assume due to Ronda being beat. No, no, you've misplaced. I was joking about the last two fights, OK? I yeah. realise that Ronda Rousey, if you could not detect my jest, obviously I'm well aware that Ronda Rousey is an all-time great. She's a Hall of Famer, damn it. I'm just saying that she lost her last two and um, she might not wipe the floor with Sonya Deville in five seconds. Not that she wouldn't beat her. Come on now. Uh, um let's uh let's pivot to some more news then, Lou. We've that's a forty minute mark already. What's going on, man? Um Vince has been away from TV. Normally that is something that a lot of people would rejoice over um if they didn't know better, because a lot of people seem to think Vince is at fault for anything that goes bad and they don't want to praise him for anything that goes right. So what's the deal with him being away, Lou? Allegedly.
2: Yeah, I mean, we know that Vince has uh, never had a good idea in his life and it's just uh, the fault for everything wrong in wrestling and everything right in wrestling isn't uh, down to Vince, obviously, in jest. But um, so it's being reported in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that uh, Vincent Mann has missed uh, uh, was has been at every single show for the past few months, missed a few at the beginning of the year, actually several at the beginning of the year, and has missed the last two, so Raw and SmackDown, uh, SmackDown last week, Raw this week. Actually, and to their credit, ringside news were the first to report this it has since been corroborated by Dave Meltzer and the interesting reason for this allegedly of course uh, Meltzer basically said that he was he got he got the indication from people that he was speaking to that Vince wasn't at the show because of the election so
0: obviously this is a speculative what's he, what's he doing like like lending a shoulder for Donald Trump to cry on like what's he yeah. What has he got to do him and Linda are just uh, watching TV
2: sort of with a tub of ice cream in front of the in front of the sofa, just being like, I'm I'm not paying attention, not gonna work. Obviously, wh- this is, I'm sure, partly speculative from people because they know that Linda's obviously a big donator to Trump. Linda McMahon, big donator to Trump, has worked with him in the cabinet before. Uh, but it's obviously an interesting uh, report, I guess, an interesting note. Uh the Vince hasn't been at the shows recently. We've heard that Triple H has been drafted in and has been doing a lot of the stuff with SmackDown, I believe WrestlingNews.co reported this, and has apparently had a lot of the sway in the Aliyah and uh, Buddy Murphy storyline, which has also uh, had a lot of input from Ray himself. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting that potentially uh, we're getting a, a small insight, because, I mean, I'm sure Vince still sees the scripts, even if he's not on the show. Uh, But we're getting a small insight to what potentially backstage would have been like without Vince uh, at shows. It's very interesting because I just think,
0: you know, regardless of the at the end of the day, Bruce Pritchard oversees both Raw and SmackDown and they are like night and day in entertainment. And it's not, you know, SmackDown has two great angles on it with uh, Sasha and Bailey, or has had it seems to be moving away from that now. But they had it. And, of course, the Roman as the tribal chief. Now, that's enough to make any two-hour show amazing. Um, and the rest of the stuff that they're doing on there is, it seems to be hitting to a degree. Um, you know, Even the Seth, Ray, Aaliyah storyline is moving along, I guess, now, and seems intriguing with Murphy. Is he a double agent kind of thing or not? The thing with uh, Raw, obviously, you've got Retribution and... Rest of it's just kind of crawling along. Like there is some there is some cool stuff, but three hours, it doesn't feel like it fills it out enough. So I find it so interesting, don't you, that like really the same teams for a lot of it, man up both Raw and SmackDown, and yet they I don't know, feel's the right word, but they 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 come across so differently. I, I wonder if that is totally down to the extra hour.
2: Yes and no. For me anyway. SmackDown got considerably better for you
0: when? Well, prior to the draft, about a month when Roman came back, basically. That's my point. I think
2: Roman coming back as their biggest star in their eyes, probably going to care slightly more about the show that he's on. I mean, it's speculation on my part, certainly not a report. But I even heard, and this is a report, I heard uh, from people within WWE that the morale on the SmackDown side was very, very high. Um, some accredited it to the Thunderdome and the move out of the performance center saying there's more space because obviously moving from a a gym basically a lovely gym but a gym to a uh, to, to a big venue uh, had meant there was more space it was less cramped but others uh, accredited it to Roman Reigns and the fact that a locker room leader was back and it gave that sense of a uh, sort of like oh we we've got like I guess like for any sports fans perhaps like if you're playing a few game, games and your your captain gets injured and then your captain comes back, that first game back is always going to be nice. Like you feel like when you're you're in the dressing room before, like your your captain's back. I presume that was um, if you like, like him, if, <laughs> if you like him. But Roman is, I mean, we know Roman very well liked back, very Roman, well liked, very well liked backstage. Everyone has a great deal of uh, respect and admiration for Roman's work, and he's very well respected. So I I I, I think. The, the the two are linked. I totally think that uh, there would have been some sort of more emphasis and more care given into the SmackDown side, particularly on uh, uh, to do with the stuff surrounding Roman, which we know Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns himself have input on. Uh, I I really think that that has a uh, a positive effect on it as well.
0: Yeah, and like I mean, like you said it at the beginning of your diatribe vince green lights everything nothing gets past him so anything great that does happen it might not be from his brainchild but he certainly has to give it the green light so you know great that the tribal chief exists in my opinion great that they actually pulled the trigger because i've said this before turning roman hill was something we all wanted but the tribal chief is like the perfect character for him you could have made him a bad guy like a Sami Zayn, like you know chicken hill and it wouldn't have been the same at all. It would have been so missed. So, you know, yeah. credit where credit is due. The Tribal Chief has has killed it. And credit to Sasha and Bailey, whose work throughout the year has built to the crescendo where they are drawing the ratings that they are drawing. We do have a couple of Super Chats here. CM Chris says, almost forgot. Impact Wrestling has turning point. Pay-per-view tomorrow night. Interesting on what will happen there. Um, just a, I mean, just a couple from me before I pass to Lou. Um, the Good Brothers obviously have a tag title shot. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see them win. I mean, oh, I thought they were going to win at the last one. And obviously yeah, that didn't come to pass. Uh, Deonna Perrazzo has a rematch as well, which um, I would like to, I'm very interested to see what they do with that. I mean, I liked Perrazzo as the champion, like this technical master who was wrestling and, you know, clinics. I I enjoyed that, but I don't know if they'll put it back on her. Was it just a shock factor win for Sue Young? I, so I don't
2: know. Uh, uh, on that note, sorry to interrupt you, but Meltzer reported in the Observer newsletter that it w- Kylie was supposed to win the title of that show. So it wasn't like, like a Braun
0: Strowman be-
2: situation then. I presume so. Very similar thing where someone has had to come in and they've given them the title anyway. So th- they've done the title change that was always planned just with with, with the replacement instead.
0: Lou, you got any thoughts about the card? No, it's, it's listen, Impact have done great shows.
2: Uh, I don't think it will be the uh, sort of big show that... Not the big show, but a big show like <laughs> Slam, like <laughs> like Slammiversary and Bound for Glory were. But, I mean, you whenever you watch an Impact show, you can guarantee there will be some very solid wrestling. And I think that we'll see that tomorrow night at Turning Point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Turning Point's been going since, what,
2: 2004? yeah, I I do want to say just a quick note, obviously we aren't going to be doing a show on the Monday for Impact as much as we like Impact um, unfortunately and to be honest, there probably isn't that much appeal that people would tune into a special show covering Impact unfortunately, hopefully we get to a point uh, in in a couple of years where that is uh, the case but right now it isn't, so uh, there won't be a special show on Monday even though there is I guess technically a promotion putting on a pay-per-view um, I am intrigued
0: the- as well um with Sammy Callahan going for the title again obviously we haven't really seen him in the picture since the Tessa Blanchard stuff um but what he's been doing with Ken Shamrock on that so yeah I'm interested I'm sure we'll talk about it next Tuesday um you know three days removed from the show but definitely um Impact have been putting on good show so I hope nothing but the best for them um Scotty Young how you doing my friend hot take the best time to turn Cena heel So he it's a, Cena Hill heel show now, was having him cheat to beat the streak. Um, Yes and no. I mean, it's a good idea. It would have been a heat-seeking missile.
1: <laughs> you you uh,
0: want to turn someone heel, having them yeah, beat the streak. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah, and cheating, nonetheless. Um, That is, that would have made me furious. I know that much. So, yeah. You know um, what? I, I, I think that's perfect. I mean, not when they met though. Like, obviously, the streak no. had gone, but I mean, it had to have happened I don't know what year you'd replace. You do Um, do that at Mania 30. You just don't have the Brock match. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. And it's weird because I think Brock's trajectory... I know Heyman celebrating the streak is like great and he sells it so well, but I don't think Brock's trajectory would have made that much of a difference. He still could have been the beast that he is without it. Um, It it was the squashing
2: scene that I think was the massive help. Yes, that was the biggest thing. But the thing is... Obviously, if Cena turns heel, you don't get that.
0: I mean, it all depends, doesn't it? It depends what route you want to go. Um, I mean, I, I get why they did Brock. Like from Vince's mind, like I understand that he thought, well, who else could credibly beat the unbeatable on the, you know, on his best stage? I understand, but I mean, Undertaker even said this week on the call that I was on um, that the two guys he would have Roman was his first pick for someone. If someone Full-time, present day, was going to break the streak. He thought Roman could have done with it more. And again, if you listen to the heat, and I was there that night, that Roman got the night after Mania 33 when he did beat Taker, my God, like that would have been a great launchpad again to make him a heel. I mean, might not have seen the Tribal Chief. We might have, but still, it would have been amazing. And then uh, he, he mentioned Bray Wyatt. Obviously, he thinks The Fiend's a great character now. They did meet at WrestleMania. Undertaker beat him. Um again, who knows how that story would have gone because there was nothing wrong with the original Bray Wyatt at all. You could have made him work. He could have been the top star that you wanted, but WWE didn't book him that way, and here we are. Uh, uh, by accident, they didn't book him that way and go, oh, and down the line we're gonna make him the fiend. You know, it's it just happened that way. And and Bray Wyatt is a creative son of a gun. So uh what do you think, Lou? Would would this have been the move or or not? Yep, I think it would have been perfect. You think out of everyone, Cena needed to
2: break the streak? No, no. Okay, let me reword that. I think if you're going to turn Cena heel, that was the perfect way to do so. In terms of having someone beat the streak, I think CM Punk WrestleMania 29, uh, WrestleMania 29 was the time to do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't. I mean, yeah. Again, it would have been great. I'm not going to argue. I just, I think. You could dance around who should have broke the streak all day because you get all these people going like, well, you know, uh, this person could have done it and then used it to do whatever. But I- although so, gone, but from Vince's mind, you saw how he was looking at it. Like who could believably
2: yeah.
0: beat Undertaker? And, he, he obviously doesn't think any of those guys could. And listen, we said earlier Vince has the green light and everything,
2: but Undertaker isn't going to lose to someone that he doesn't think is worthy of that spot. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Mm. And I think he is more. Uh, more than within his rights to do that, given the the years of work that he's put into his character and the streak, I'd probably say he's more than within his rights. To say, you know what? I don't want to lose to X or I don't want to lose to Y. But uh, I, so obviously I mentioned Cena Punk earlier, but for me, and this might be sort of going off track slightly, Cena. Sh- uh, sorry, Punk. Punk should have been part of the um, WWE title match of that show. He should have been. It should have been the triple threat of Rock, Cena, Punk for me at uh, that show. Anyway. And then on that show, I mean, who knows? It's all if, buts. We've got, I mean, and in saying this, I don't think the way they beat the streak was a bad thing at all. I I think the shock factor of it was that Luke tells an interesting story, actually, where uh, it was the first pay-per-view that he watched with his, uh, I believe, girlfriend at the time, who's now his wife. And uh, they were uh, he was trying to introduce her to wrestling, she didn't know the show, uh, she didn't know about it. And um, the, the Undertaker came up and uh, it was Brock Lesnar, and she said, Oh, obviously, that Brock guy's winning. And uh, he was like, no, no, no. Listen, you don't know wrestling, The Undertaker doesn't lose at these uh, at these big WrestleMania shows, don't worry. But she goes, Listen, look at the size of him, he's not gonna lose to that old guy. <laughs> and uh, I mean, listen, she was right, we might have to draft uh. Mrs. Owen to the uh, Oli Thority to help us with the predictions battle uh, next week, because she's obviously on the ball. But I think it is obviously interesting that looking at the sides of him and in comparison, and basically what we know now, perhaps it wasn't that, I guess, shocking when it did happen. It's obviously shocking, but I think But no one was really backing Brock to win beforehand, but maybe... He
0: he was like 1 to 40 with the bookmakers, I think. Like, that's how far his odds were. Like, nobody... nobody,
2: and in hindsight, I don't think it's that surprising. I think it's obviously obviously the Undertaker streak. But, I mean, look at Brock. I, I don't think it was that surprising to think he'd lose. Think he'd win, sorry.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I certainly didn't think he was going to be taken that year at all. Um, and the thing is, it's a bit of a poison chalice because anyone that they gave that honour to, anyone you have people all day going, oh, no, yeah. they should have kept the streak. Or, you know, like, it, it, it might have ended up harming them more than it helped them. Mm-hmm. So you never know, really. Um, I always, you know, campaigned. I thought Bray, because at the time, the character seemed like the, nat- the natural successor to The Undertaker. I kind of thought that that would be the one. But, you know, I I don't hate that Brock beat it. But a bit like, you know, Taker said this earlier this week, if, he, if he'd had his way, no one would have ever broken it. And I would have again you would have had people criticize and saying you could have made someone you know cuz that's what people do i would have been okay with it if the undertaker had never broken never had it broken
2: yeah i i think if you retired after punk i wouldn't have cared i think not not wouldn't have cared but i think i wouldn't be opposed to that idea
0: Alison, it's been hang
2: on, a... Hang on, hang on. Can I just say, before we talk about, before we move on to another topic, can we briefly talk about a particular restaurant in the UK that The Undertaker is reportedly a fan of? Yes,
0: have you, you not can. seen this? Have you of not seen that? Of course I have.
2: So uh, apparently, a, um, a, a, a Nando's in, where is it, Edinburgh? Edinburgh. He was there last year, yeah. Has reserved, permanently reserved a table that The Undertaker <laughs> sat at. For uh, when he went last year, and I mean, for those that don't know, uh, for those that are in the state, obviously, there's this whole uh British thing of like going for a cheeky Nando's. And the fact that The Undertaker has gone for a cheeky Nando's,
0: it's just everyone though that. Every WWE superstar that I know when they come to England say, Yeah, they grab a Nando's, like because you know they have the shows at the O2 and there is a Nando's there. Listen, listen. listen. Oh, I get it.
2: I, I get every superstar, but the Undertaker. The fact, like, the Undertaker's gone to like I don't know, Kane. All right, Glenn, should we go and grab a cheeky Nando's?
0: I'm sure that's exactly how it went down. Yeah.
2: Vince, Vince, come along too. Bruce, get in here. We're gonna get yes. we're getting a wing roulette. Let's go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been a very WWE heavy show. Actually, before I move away from that Undertaker actually commented back to Nando's post saying that he went, he's going to come get some wings one day and make sure they are uh, hot as hell. I believe he said, well, there you've had it. He liked his wings hot. Um, As I said, WWE heavy show, Lou, talk us through the news. When it comes to the scrapped AEW title plans, um, because there's a reason that Omega and Moxley are going to be meeting in December, if we are to believe reports.
2: Yeah. So um, according to Dave Meltzer, the plan coming out of full gear was actually Moxley and Lance Archer. However, those plans have been dropped and we now are going to see Moxley and Omega on December 2nd. Many people are slightly, I guess, confused about this decision because it's probably the biggest match aw could book right now and they're giving it away on free tv basically we know they're in a war but that has seemed like and i i don't think this is unwarranted a wwe move with nxt aw have seemed to like you know what we'll do our own thing whether people come, they come. They've done their their sort of TV specials and always book the shows, but never given away the biggest match on uh, that they could possibly book on TV. But there's a reason for this, and it's actually based on the stats of last year. We obviously know Tony Khan's a heavy stats man, and he reportedly wasn't too pleased. And I mean, with with right with with how AEW performed in December last year. There's obviously that infamous December 18th show with that dark order segment that closed the show and basically closed AEW stuff for the year. With, with the punches that were the, the like this <laughs> awful. Um, and he's obviously wasn't too happy with how AEW performed in that vein and uh, wants to really bolster the December uh, shows and the January shows. And I mean, he said this uh, on the media call that we're on that there were going to be some big things coming in December. Mm-hmm. And it now looks at that's why a lot of people at the time speculated that it was because Moxie was going to drop the uh, title and go to Japan. However, Meltz is reporting that as of right now, no AEW wrestlers, including Moxie, including Jericho, including anyone, because AEW contracts do allow working with New Japan, no AEW wrestler is booked for Wrestle Kingdom in January.
0: Well, it's worth noting that Tony Khan has actually said this week that he would prefer it if the New Japan relationship was a lot more of a two-way street thus far, of I'm sure he would. Well, they. I mean, it's not unreasonable, really. No. He's, he's, he's been very easy to work with NWA, Impact, New Japan. He's taken talent, given them a platform. He's given his talent when it comes to New Japan, his top talent at that. Um, You know, I, I don't think it's too much to ask to say Tanahashi or Okada coming in for like certain spots or whatever. Like, you know, I'd, I don't know. I, I understand where he's coming from on that one, Tony Khan. And in relation to that, he's also said that he's tightened up those contracts a little bit, like in terms of what he's allowing his superstars to do, because of course, you know, risk of infection and, uh, what's the quarantining times and things like that. He can't afford it, obviously at this mm. point. And so- we've seen
2: it, seen it, obviously Joey Janela was supposed to be part of the number one contender tournament, had to pull out because uh, he came into contact with AJ Gray, who, uh, who tested positive, unfortunately, at an independent show. So you can understand why he's doing that. It's not him being like controlling his company, is his wrestlers. You can understand why uh, in the middle of a
0: pandemic that decision has been taken. I can't imagine we're going to get the match in its entirety on December 2nd. Like It, it, it would be the WWE, 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 WWE way to have like a screwy finish and then it leads us on to wherever. But I don't, I I think it will be like the first chapter and I still think at revolution, we will get Omega and Moxley, but there's that January show beach break, which Khan is also set to load up. So it's very, very interesting to see which direction they're going to go with their top stars at the top of the card. I mean, if, if they could pull off some kind of joint pay-per-view with new Japan at some point in the year, I mean, that would just be amazing business for both of them. In in retrospective markets, you, you'd imagine, and knowing New Japan, I only know their PR people who are like keen to break in, as difficult as they make it, but keen to break <laughs> in, um, you know, everywhere. And they are working on their global expansion. It would seem like a no brainer, but I don't know. Um, before we finish up, Lou, what bit of news shall we get to? Oh, shall should we, we, we get
2: to the? Should we get uh, speaking about AW? Should we get to this super chat here? Uh, that is about how we book an elimination chamber for Mox's belt.
0: Elimination chamber? Well, I don't see that happening anytime soon, my friend. Um, for copyright. I tell you what, I'd love it, though. Yeah, oh, God. It, I mean, <laughs> is it, is it my six favorite talents in AEW in the chamber. Christ. Um, okay, go on. You, you, should, we, should we do one each? We'll go what, one at a time.
2: And then well,
0: we'll Omega is obviously the easiest pick. I'm going to go for Eddie Kingston as well. I think he'd be great in that setting. Yeah, yeah, he would. Um, pack.
2: Yeah, Page. I think he'd work. So we need one I'm,
0: more. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between Jericho and MJF. Um, just for star power. I mean, you you could like you could have like another lunatic in there, like phoenix or someone or Ooh, um, give me pentagon give me yeah, pentagon. pentagon one of them two. Oh mate, that'd be absolutely ridiculous um i, you've you, already got, I mean you've you, already got back in there doing ludicrous things you could book two
2: elimination chambers on an AEW show and it'd be so good yeah easy
0: hmm probably three you could even you could even have the bucks in oh my god it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so much yeah. We didn't even say cody my like, god oh. well, cody can't to be fair yeah well cuz you can't go for the title that's true it's true we've uh, honest man dave you have uh, you you've got us Dang. you've got our mouths watering at the prospect my friend and there's one uh, other super chat and i don't know whether i think actually you you you've missed this on purpose Oh, maybe i'll save it to the end you might have done so from
2: matty a hot Scott matty alex you've had a week to practice and observe and let me add Make comments about how other people have done it. So I'm the host of the show. So yeah, now it's your turn. Can you do your best Shane O'Mac best in the world impression? Oh my,
0: my kids! I, I'm gonna just I'm gonna eat. The, I obviously have to bite the bullet. You I'll pay your money. What, I'll tell
2: you what. you, what you if, want. If you don't want to wake your kids up. You can ov- you can always send in a video and we'll play it on Monday because obviously no. you have you have got sleepy. But listen, if you're willing to take the inevitable uh, wrath of your of your wife after the show and make sure you don't blame either me or Matty.
0: I mean, me. I can blame Matty. I mean, he's paid his money. That money essentially is for blame. Go um, on, go on. Do I need to come back from the mic because otherwise it's going to kill all of you? I think yeah. I'm going to take uh... one ear off my headphones. The best. In the world, Shane McMahon.
2: (laughs) I tell you what, there is a reason this is called Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily and not Louis Dangle's Wrestling Daily, not Stephanie Chase's Wrestling Daily, not SB3's Wrestling Daily, because that, without question, was the best, was the best, uh, best in the world. <laughs> You've woken your kids up, right? So we'll let you go then. But, but before we do this from uh, Honest Man Dave Ultimate X for Derby's title, what are we going for? Phoenix, <sighs> Phoenix, Phoenix, e- Sammy. Oh,
0: god, AW is so good, isn't it? Um. <laughs>
2: Phoenix, Sammy, Darby,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Penta. You know. Are you putting him in there? Yeah, we can put him in there. Pack. Yeah, Pack. Pack for that title would be. I like Pack to have any kind of um, title. Oh, there's a lot going on, man.
2: Kip would be good. Kip Sabian, I think he's great. John Silver, John Silver, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, him in that match would be entertaining. Who else? Anyone. Anyone. <laughs> this company, man. This company. Oh um, uh,
0: man. They're, they're stacked of days. Yeah, like someone said, you could have Janella in there. You could have anyone. Like, Miro. You could you have, have anyone, me. mate. You could yeah, have anyone. They are they are stacked beyond belief, man. Uh, and I and not only that, I really I said this the other day, I really feel like they've done it well. Um, almost as well as you guys have received my Shane McMahon. It's going, well. it's, it's going down one. It's going down one. I'm pleased.
2: Alex killed it. Pretty impressive, Alex. Uh, John Cena, which I can uh, obviously uh, say is uh, linked to your best in the world. Bravo. Okay, that was the best. A++++. plus 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 plus. Listen, I think it, it, it's undisputed that that was the best. Um, Listen,
0: I, I left it all out on the ring, okay? I, uh, I didn't come in half-assed. I, I, I threw everything I had into that. And, uh, okay, yeah. well,
2: someone, and I know we're running a little bit over, but someone else who threw everything they've got into
0: something else.
2: So these are my mum's roast
0: potatoes that she made for dinner. I, we want had... my, I want my potatoes side by side with these. With we, haven't got, we haven't got, these, got them. We haven't got these them. These dumpster fire potatoes. Look at we them. We haven't got them. Right, they look, me, straight, they them look them. straight from Aunt Bessie's like bag. That's what they look like. You're telling me these are homemade like she made them from scratch? I don't know. Well, you don't know? What do you mean you don't know? How are we comparing?
2: I don't think I've actually got the photo of you. Listen, listen. just and... rake the damn potatoes. Okay. We're trying to get right. this segment over.
0: All right. I mean, they're kind of golden brown. They look like they... Like the ones at the top look better. I... I don't think they're... I don't think she's rotated them enough. She hasn't... Um... She needs to scrape them down, man, so the juices get in. The ones that look the big one down there at the bottom. I don't know if my my hand will be picked up here. There, that big one there, not good, not good. Um, she hasn't because uh, the big ones suffer. The little the little ones look like they've got more love because uh, obviously it, you know they're, they're easier to get to. But the bigger one, she hasn't taken care of. Okay, um, they're good. I would give them. Like I would eat them if they put in front of me. I, a seven. I would give them a seven. But I'm not totally convinced they're her own. I need you to to clarify if she made them from scratch or not. Uh, one final super chat, Matty. Can you apologise to your missus on his
2: behalf?
0: <laughs> she don't care. Um, she's fast asleep anyway. Don't worry about her, mate. <laughs> I um, What I will say, though, is thank you, Matty, because that has been an entertaining um, part of the week that you've spent your money on getting all of us to do that. You're all welcome to... Um, subject us to your tasks if you pay your money <laughs> that is what we will do ideally tasks that keep us seated though where you're not going to tell me to do
2: press-ups ideally tasks that keep us in our seats
0: yeah within within reason yeah i think of a wrestling daily show but on that note guys thank you so much for tuning in with us i know we've run a little bit over i could keep going but uh we best not we best let you enjoy your friday nights thank you so much for your super chats the comments uh always my favorite part of the show is you guys getting involved. Uh, My big thanks to my co-host Louis Dangor for his third stint this week uh, in my co-host chair. Of course, we did the pay-per-view roundup on Monday, and Louis is my go-to guy for all things with the news. We will be your pair for that. SB3 will bring those debates, and you know Steph Chase will bring the hot takes. There's something for everyone all week long. You can catch up with everything that we've done on the podcast this week uh apple spotify acas all of them you can get it and lest we forget wrestle2 please do subscribe and share we're growing all the time and you good eggs are the reason why thank you very much so alex
2: has gone i don't know why he's gone but uh, thank you very much everyone and we'll we'll see you